We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it's February 8th, it is 2024. We have seven NBA games to talk about here on today's podcast. We also have this uh, football game. I don't know if you guys have heard of it or not, but Kansas City and San Francisco are playing this weekend. Yeah, nothing big. And uh, we're going to break that down as well for football. It's always Keith. Keith Eiser, Eyes 819, back-to-back NBA pods for Keith. What's happening, my friend? Yeah, not too much. Uh, great, Paul, great call by you uh, on Golden State uh, on last night's pod. Unfortunately, that meant that Kamingo lost a little run for the blowout. I know uh, we were so close. Like Kamingo was looking really good, but lost lost some run there. Didn't quite hit the points prop. I missed on the Allen rebounds. Um, just everybody got like seven rebounds on the team. It was really really a weird game. Like Cleveland had a ton of rebounds. They just didn't go directly to Allen. Gafford played well on the other side as well he had like 13 rebounds i think but 
not the best night in uh, the NBA streets on Wednesday, but that's all right. We'll get back to it on, on Thursday. Uh, Jimmy Butler had a triple-double. That I, We talked about his uh, rebounds and assists being way up with uh, Rozier there. So played a little Jimmy Butler, but not enough to get, get me anywhere tonight. How about, how about you? No, I was gonna I was gonna commend you on your Jimmy Buckets first triple double of the season. He absolutely smashed. Um I don't know how my night's gonna go. I my son had baseball tonight, so I didn't do uh, DFS. I just did a lot of um, betting. And right now I'm about break even, so I, I need the Kings. I, I mean I have Sabonis points and I have Herder points, and Herder has six of the first eleven, so that's a good start. And um I have Texas AM minus four and a half. So like those three hit. I'll be. I'll have a profitable night. Um, nothing to break the bank or anything, but profitable nights are how we survive in this world. So, um, Kaminga half a half a point kind of stunk. Um, I hope uh, for what it's worth. It's the first game that we're going to talk about. But if we get Kaminga eighteen and a half again today, I'm going to write back on it. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, he he smashes like he dunked. He had a huge dunk there with like eight minutes to go in the game, and I think it was. I think they called timeout. Philadelphia called timeout, and they bring they brought everybody out. Um, and I was like, "Oh man!" Like he he plays he plays two or three more minutes, he probably gets the half a point. But that's the way the NBA goes. Blowouts in the NBA are the hardest thing to predict, and it happens. But hey, Golden State minus one, like you said, that hit. Um, I think that I think the line ended at like four and a half. So we jumped on that one early. Yeah, the Maxi uh, illness definitely, definitely not helping Philly. Uh, he yeah. had a terrible game for Maxi. Uh, clearly under the weather for him. Yeah, I mean, bust of the day. He listened to the podcast. Um, I said that in Discord. All right, we got um, another seven games slate. NBA left off the two ten o'clock games on both Fanduel and DraftKings. So we're just going to break down the seven games, and then we're going to talk about the big game. Derek wants to know favorite big game food. I'm a wings guy. Um, I, I went to the store today, actually. And got wings that I'm going to put in the smoker and have um, smoker wings at my house. So it's very weird not being in Nashville for the Super Bowl this year. I've, I've been in Nashville for the Super Bowl, I think, five out of the last seven years. So it's very different, um, but had to stay in town this year. And um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I'm a wings guy. What about you, Keith? Are you, a, are you wings, pizza, sliders, burgers? What do you got? Wings all day for me too. We had this question on Grinders Live earlier today, and yeah, uh, it's it's definitely wings. Got to be bone in. The smoker is a nice touch. I'm, I might have to come down to your place for the yeah. for the big game. <laughs> we spent last last year in Nashville together, but uh, not not getting together uh, for the Super Bowl this year. But yeah, it's it's wings for me for sure. It's it's not really that close either. Like pizza's fine, um, sliders fine, but if it, if I have to choose one of the three, it's it's definitely wings for me. Yeah, so how I do how I do wings in the smoker is I do like four different sauces on wings, and then I do a smoked mac and cheese that I've talked about before, and um, that it's going to be fantastic. I mean, <laughs> I did I did see this recipe today um, about doing like cream cheese jalapeno in the um, smoker, so I might even fire that up because why not? You know, we get this game once a year. All right, let's talk basketball. What's up, everyone in YouTube? Hope you're having a fantastic, fantastic Wednesday night. And uh, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Help us out. We do this podcast five days a week for free. Hit that subscribe button. That's our tip jar, as my buddy Beer Makers fan would say. We got Golden State at Indiana taking on the Pacers here. 250 and a half total in this game. Pacers a six-point favorite. 
Golden State on the second end of a back-to-back, so we'll wait and see on the injury report. We know that Chris Paul is likely going to be out. Peyton's going to be out. Uh, on the Indiana side, Halliburton, Matherin, and Smith are all questionable. Um, one thing we should note before we even get into it, it's trade deadline Thursday. Yeah. Um, you know, We should probably start with that. There's going to be moves. I mean, definitely going to be moves, but it's definitely one of those things that you're like, how you can't build teams before three o'clock, three thirty, um, probably four o'clock. So if you're build, if you're a if you're a tinker, don't start tinkering until five or six o'clock because there's going to be some moves today. Yeah, for sure. I, I believe the deadline is three p.m. Eastern, so should be good to go. Maybe give it a few minutes. Sometimes a, a deal or two will trickle out after the deadline. Uh, but by 3 p.m. Eastern, I think we'll know most of what's going down for the day. But it wouldn't surprise me if we get a little bit of a crazy morning, maybe even some overnight stuff. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me either. I don't know if Golden State is really buying right now. So I don't know how much we're really worried about them on the second end of a back-to-back. And if anything, maybe they move like Looney or Moody or somebody like that, um, just in general here. But we'll see. Uh, let's go with Golden State first. Kind of already talked about it. I, I really like Kaminga again. Just didn't get his regular minutes because of the blowout. I don't think they're going to blow out Indiana. Indiana's a six-point favorite here at home. Like going back to Kaminga. I mean, outside of that, Draymond was questionable with the knee going into Wednesday's game. Ended up playing. Um, maybe he sits on the second. I think um, he probably, probably sits. I think yeah. Draymond's out for this one. Which kind of bumps like Wiggins and Sarge a little bit, Podsy. Um, so I think they're first of all, this is a fantastic matchup. We love attacking the Pacers. Um, and then second of all, if we start getting some people ruled out here for Golden State, there's gonna be a lot of tremendous value here. Yeah, I love the Kamingo call. I'm going right back to that with you. Um, got on him a ton by the time the, the slate rolled around Wednesday night. He's just been incredible. Um Unfortunately, lost a little run Wednesday night, but we get another great spot for him here uh, so he can get it back for us. I think like this Golden State rotation is a bit tricky to figure out right now. They're clearly moving towards the young guys. Um, Pods definitely has a bigger role. We're seeing Wiggins and um, Clay Thompson even kind of fall out of the, the rotation. Uh, Pods didn't close Wednesday night because the game was a blowout, but I, I am pretty confident he would have. Um, we've seen um what's his name i'm losing his name lester quinones get pretty significant run here probably got a little additional run because of the blowout wednesday but i think he's firmly in the rotation uh if draymond is out like quinones at 3600 i think could be big time in play here um i love the sarge call as well if we get draymond out i think he could see like 20 minutes in this spot and that's definitely enough for him especially in this awesome matchup against indiana Love the matchup. I mean, that's the the biggest thing. And I mean, they've gotten away from playing Looney big minutes, which finally. Um, so I, I do like Sarge, but Kamingo would be my main target here. He's just someone I feel like can fill up a stat sheet against a, a team like the Pacers. Very fast-paced game. I think he benefits. I mean, we should mention Steph just because the matchup is phenomenal. And when we get Steph in these like fast-paced games, we could see him shoot a lot and have a big game. And again, like, Curry played 25 minutes. Clay played 28 minutes. Like none of their starters, I don't even think anybody on the team played 30 plus minutes in the game against Philadelphia. They pulled guys really early in the fourth because they were just handling that game. Um, they had a huge third quarter. Golden State took like a 20 point lead in the third quarter. Um, they just absolutely smashed Philly in the third quarter. So uh, going to the other side of this game, 
we've been talking about it. I assume that we'll see Halliburton. You know, he has like this contract incentive to play a certain amount of games this season. And we saw him play 29 minutes against Houston the other night. We were kind of waiting for that to happen. Um, let's talk Pacers here. We're starting to finally see like Siakam with Halliburton and how this dynamic's going to work. I'll, I'm going to live on the, I think Siakam is better with Halliburton on the floor. Neesmith, who has been playing really good, just, I mean, he didn't have a, he just didn't play good the other night. Like it wasn't even like a bad game. He, he just didn't do anything. Um, what are we looking at here for the Pacers? Yeah, this Indiana rotation is not the easiest one to figure out either, uh, especially if Halliburton's going to continue to be limited. Um, we did see 29 minutes in the, the last game, so it seems like the reins are loosening a little bit. Expect him to be nearly full, 30, 32 minutes, I would say, in this spot. Uh, good matchup against Golden State, so I don't hate taking shots on Halliburton. Um, he's only 8,600. If he was fully priced at 995 or whatever, I would probably just say wait and see, but it's a really good matchup here, and if he can play 30 minutes, I think he can pay off 8,600. So slight interest there, assuming that he's in there. Uh, Matherin missed the last game, I believe, as well. Um, so him coming back further, like it hurts Buddy Heald for sure, I think. Um, with Siakam there, it's tough to figure out. Like Jalen Smith has been losing minutes. Uh, Toppin hasn't been getting all that many. So it's it's a tough rotation to figure out. It's a great game environment. So I think you want to find the pieces who could elevate here. Uh, for me, it's I think it's Halliburton first. I like the Siakam call. I think he's better with Halliburton on the floor as well. Miles Turner's ceiling has been impacted by the arrival of Siakam a little bit, so don't think I need to go there. It is a good matchup against Golden State for bigs. Um, I just I don't trust Turner's ceiling quite at this point. Um, and then Neesmith is the other guy who's shown off a ceiling here. Um, price tag is up to fifty nine hundred. That's a little more than I'd want to play. I do I do feel good about his minutes though. Um, I don't know. I might just be going up to the top with Halliburton and Siakam here. Yeah, and you you mentioned Matthew missing um, game the other night. It was a stomach um, like bug. We'll see if he's back or not. Um, Numhard played thirty plus minutes, but his price is kind of where he should be. I think I'm with you, Siakam Halliburton here for me. Miles um, Turner's he, his minutes are consistent, and he's consistently putting up solid games. He just doesn't have a ceiling. I mean, his ceiling is just capped especially with Siakam on this team now. San Antonio at Orlando, 223.5 total here. Orlando, a 10.5 point favorite. Back-to-back for San Antonio. And then Orlando, nobody on the injury report here. Any thoughts here on San Antonio? Yeah, I mean, it's Wemby first. It's always going to be Wemby first on this team. Um, San Antonio is a team that could be active at the trade deadline. I think any veteran that they get an offer for, even like something like a second-round pick uh, for a, a Jetty Osman, uh, Doug McDermott, like we could see some rotation guys get moved out uh, before tip-off here. Uh, that would not surprise me at all. Even a guy like Zach Collins, I think they'd be open to moving. Keldon Johnson has kind of fallen out of favor as well, like, a couple of trades from San Antonio would not surprise me at all today, which could open up some some value here. It's not a good matchup against Orlando. Um, don't play super fast, and they've been really solid on the defensive end. But Wemby, any like under nine K, I'm going to be playing some Wembyama for sure. I don't think unless we get a couple of trades, I'm going to the value pieces. Um, like Vassell's price is up to sixty eight hundred now. Mentioned Keldon kind of losing his role a little bit. He is down to six K. 
but not the spot I want to target Keldon. I don't think Sohan, I suppose, is all right at 5,600. Champagne has played really well here recently. Um, he started out well on, on Wednesday night. I'm not sure exactly where he finished. I actually have, yeah, finished with only 19 minutes. So it looked like he was on his way to playing a little bit more than that. Played 21, I believe, in the game before. Um, but he's a guy who could see his role elevated if they move, were to move a Keldon or somebody like that. But keep an eye on the trades for San Antonio is basically my plan. Old San Antonio player, um, Jante Murray, uh, you know, with the Atlanta Hawks now, I've read multiple reports that he could get dealt, like randomly sat on Wednesday out of nowhere. Yep. Um, I've heard that, like, we could see him in a Pelicans jersey. I think that would be really interesting to see. So, um, would Lakers have been mentioned for him too? Um, not sure if uh, they'd be willing to take back somebody like D'Angelo Russell. Like, obviously, the salaries have to work out. So, yeah, that stuff is all interesting. Yeah, as far as San Antonio, I agree with you. We could potentially see if a couple of these, like, I wouldn't even be shocked if, like, Zach Collins gets moved. Um, right. You know, those type of, like, players where it, it, everything you look at for San Antonio, they're kind of building around Wimby, Vassell, Keldon, Trey. And I guess Sohan you could throw in there as well. Um, yeah, I think I would put Sohan ahead of Keldon, actually, at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, it'd be Wimby for me. Honestly, I don't even know if you necessarily have to play anybody here from San Antonio. The one thing, like Wimby always has upside in any matchup. The Magic are a great defensive team. We you know, we highlight this all the time. And San Antonio, like we saw Wimby play 28 minutes. I mean, he's played a back to back recently, but he's probably capped around 28 minutes in a tough matchup. He just he has so much stock upside. He he's a guy that can get four, five, six, seven blocks and steals in a game. It's just that's where his upside kind of is there. Trey Jones, I haven't looked on FanDuel yet, but like he was a guy I was doing salary tags on line of HQ. And he was underpriced on both sides yesterday, um, Wednesday. So maybe we got a little bit of value there. It looks like they priced him up a little bit here. On the Orlando side, a lot of mouths to feed. Great matchup here for the magic i think this is a window card junior game 5300 his minutes have been secure i think that we can take some shots here on window carter and i mean the last time these two teams played we saw a big game from paulo this is a nice pace up spot for him he's just so good man he's just so good as a magic fan i'm super pumped about him if the magic move anybody i think it's like maybe like a cole anthony I think that is like the potential with Fultz kind of healthy and Suggs healthy. I think Cole Anthony potentially could get moved. Maybe Ingles. I don't know how much of this like young core they want to give up that they've built here. Um, I don't know if the Magic are going to be buying on the the trade deadline. I I think that they're still one or two years away from where they want to be anyway. So unless they can move something for some picks or something, I don't know if the Magic are going to be moving anything. What do you like here for the Magic? I like the Wendell Carter call. Um, I think it's a, a pretty good spot for him, even with, with Wem and Yama on the other side. Franz is the other one I have some interest in, just because you you save 1100 down from Paulo. Um, he does have that, that ceiling game against Detroit, and I kind of compare the matchup with San Antonio uh, and Detroit, like very similar spot. Um, so Franz at 7100, I have a little interest in chasing some ceiling there. Probably not messing around with anybody else. I do have a question. Like, Jonathan Isaac, like, 
they they teased us with a couple of 20 minute games there, but then he only played 10 in that game against Miami. He is not gonna play big minutes in a blowout. I okay. So you think he would have played 20 if it if it weren't a blowout? I, I mean, I I'm gonna I'm just gonna say they want this guy to be healthy. His defense is so incredibly good. He is not gonna touch the core in a blowout. I mean, he got looking at game flow here, he got his like seven seven eight minutes almost in the first half and then he played two minutes in the second half so when the games are not closed jonathan isaac's gonna be one of the first guys off the floor so i mean if you eight and eight is still 16 maybe he gets a couple extra minutes he's getting a little bit more second half run typically he gets a little bit more in that like fourth quarter run so i think we're in the 18 to 20 minutes in a close game for jonathan isaac on most nights I think with the blowout risk in this one, you probably don't need to chase it. Like trades are going to open up value. There's no doubt about that. So probably don't need Isaac, but he's definitely a guy I'm going to have my my eye on in a good matchup. Um, you mentioned the defense. I just feel like he could have three or four steals in this spot against a, a San Antonio team that turns it over a bunch. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I love I, I love what they've done with Jonathan Isaac and how they use him. I just can't wait for him to be 100%. I, I mean, he... He closed against Detroit the other night, played the whole fourth quarter, and his defense is just a its a game changer. So they know that. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA, um, big man defenders in the NBA. So they need him healthy if they're going to do anything here. So, um, yeah, I don't know if they move him, but we'll see. We'll see what happens here. We got Cleveland at Brooklyn, 223 total. Cleveland a six-point favorite on the back-to-back. On the Brooklyn side, Finney Smith, Johnson, Sharp, and Walker out. Let's go Cleveland here first. I don't know if Cleveland will be buying or selling. I don't think they move any of their main pieces. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Cavs? Back-to-back for Cleveland here. I'd be really concerned about one or both of uh, Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. Uh, their minutes have been trending in the right direction, but with the back-to-back, I wouldn't be surprised if one or both of them sit. I don't see them being active in the trade market, so that's not real concerning here. Um, Mitchell, with another ceiling game on on Wednesday night, continues to be unaffected by Darius Garland's return. Um, Garrett Allen was in an awesome spot, unfortunately didn't quite get there for us. Um, I don't mind the matchup here against Brooklyn, and I think like Brooklyn's got several guys on the injury report. I think Brooklyn is is open for business. As far as trades go, also, I think they'd be willing to move almost anybody on the team. Um, so we could end up with a really shorthanded Brooklyn team on the other side here. I think it's Mitchell for ceiling for me in this spot. I don't trust minutes for Mobley and Garland if they're going to be active. Um, Mobley had a really nice game Wednesday night. But again, I'm a little concerned about them sitting here. If one or both of them were to sit, um, Garland particularly, I would have interest in like Karis LeVert or Sam Merrill even. Merrill's price is back down to 3,400. So if we get Garland out, he should should see his minutes bump back up to like that 22, 24 range, which I think he'd be really useful at that price. You think teams are calling on Levert? I think so, but I, I don't know that Cleveland is int- all that interested in moving him. Um, they're going to try to make a run, I think. Like they have a pretty solid core and they haven't been all that healthy all season long. So I don't think Cleveland is selling. Yeah, I just I, that'd be the guy I'd be calling on um, if I'm other teams. I, it just feels like he's kind of out of rotation with this team. For me, on this Cleveland side, I mean, overall, if 
Mobley sits. That's where I get like my interest in this team. I would have a ton of interest in Jared Allen in this game if he if Mobley ends up sitting. Mobley's going to hurt the rebounds for Allen. We keep talking about it overall. Um, Mobley played 25 minutes against Washington, and Garland played like 28 minutes. If if Garland were to sit and Levert doesn't get moved, I think you could potentially take some shots on Levert. Still like what Max Struess is seeing minutes-wise. Good matchup, like shooting for him in this game. So don't necessarily hate him, but I think Allen would, Matt Allen and Mitchell would be my main targets here. And I just don't know how much Mitchell I get to on this slate. And then Brooklyn, like you said, I think this is a team where we're definitely just going to kind of wait and see approach. You know, they're obviously, they're missing a lot of players here already. Royce O'Neal, chalk Royce O'Neal the other night had 18 actual points against Dallas. <laughs> He's probably going to be chalky again unless he gets moved. Um, Brooklyn's tough. You're going to have to wait and see what we're looking at here with Brooklyn. Um, I don't think I'm playing like Simmons. I don't really like any of the expensive guys. I, I think like Royce O'Neal as a value play is okay if we don't get a lot of value that opens up today, but it's trade deadline Thursday. We're going to have some value. Yeah, it's a really difficult matchup for Brooklyn. Uh, we talk about Cleveland's defense all the time. Ben Simmons on the minutes limit is just making the rotation even even more difficult to figure out. Um, I think Royce O'Neal has a role here with the guys that are already out. Again, I do think he's firmly on the trade block. Like they they have to shake up their team a little. They just have too many wings. Uh, like Royce, Dennis, uh, Benny Smith, Simmons, kind of to an extent at this point. Like they they're they need to shake up the roster a little bit. I think. Um, so, but this is a team that definitely wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised makes a move. Um, if Dennis Smith Jr. is still on the team, I think there's a path to solid minutes for him. Um, has been a pretty good usage guy off the bench, so I think he's still playable at 4,200. But I agree, I'm probably staying away from um, Bridges and Cam Thomas's price is up there high enough now. I just I don't think I can pay that for a guy who who like to pay off that price. He's going to have to score 30 actual points. I don't see him doing that here against Cleveland. Um, Really tough matchup for Claxton uh, with Jared Allen on the other side. So unless we get something like Mobley and Allen both out, I, I have no interest in Claxton either. Um, I'll be hunting value for Brooklyn. All right, we got Dallas at New York. 231 total Dallas, a three-point favorite in this game. Exum and Lively out. Cleaver questionable. On the Knicks side, OG, Grimes, Randall, Mitch Rob out. Brunson and Sims questionable. Um, so we'll definitely talk about the next side here in a second, but let's start here with Dallas. What do we like here for the maps? I mean, Luca goes from questionable broken nose or whatever. And I don't think it was broken, but he had the mask on dude just comes out and plays 43 minutes and drops 80 fantasy points. Like what, what do you do with this guy? Price is up to 12 K matchup is horrible against the Knicks. They've been one of the best defenses in the NBA. Um, Ananobi is out. He's kind of the the guy that boosted their defense from like top 10 to like top one. Um, so that is a little bit of an impact and they lost Randall as well. So it's not a fully healthy Knicks team, but I still don't love the matchup. They like they just play slow and Tibbs is, is notoriously like a defensive scheme type of guy. Like Tibbs always has strong defenses. So as, as awesome as Luca has been, I just, I don't know if I have a ton of interest here at 12K. Um, but if he's going to play 43 minutes again, which he's been doing consistently, you probably have to have a little exposure if you're building like 10 lineups at least. Um, 
I don't like the matchup for anybody here really outside of that. So unless they sit a bunch of guys, I'm it's probably Luca or bust for me. I don't, I don't wouldn't hate trying to take a shot on Kyrie, but I definitely would rather find the money and get up to Luca. Yeah. I mean, it's seven game slate and Luca has the highest ceiling on the slate. I mean, it's as simple as that for me, you know, so I do have interest in Luca on every slate that he's on. Um, definitely this one, I don't mind Kyrie. If you're if you don't get up to Luke and you want to play Kyrie, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and tell you don't do that. But outside of that, it kind of gets a little murky for me. Josh Green's been playing solid minutes. He's fifty one hundred. I think there's a little bit of upside if Derek Jones Jr. can get some extra run at forty two hundred. Um, I do think that there's potential for more minutes for him. So I think my main targets through here would be Luca, Kyrie, and then maybe a little Josh Green at fifty one. And then on the Knicks side of things, I mean, Brunson could be the biggest news on the slate. And how, if Brunson sits, how do we not play DiVincenzo? Uh, I mean, this guy, his usage is already through the roof with Randall out um, and OG out. So how do we not play DiVincenzo? This guy has scored 26 actual points in four of his last five games. Yeah, I think you're playing DiVincenzo whether Brunson is in or not. If Brunson is out, DiVincenzo is probably the top play on the slate. Um, Like, he is just shooting an insane amount of threes. He was all the way down to nine three-point attempts. um, Still made 44% of them. But before that, at least 15 threes in in the four games before that. So, dude is just out there chucking. And that is incredible, uh, especially on DraftKings where you get the three-point bonus. Uh, We know he's going to be shooting the threes. Out, the rest of the Knicks, I think, are dependent a little bit upon the Brunson news. Most of the prices have adjusted. Uh, like Precious is up to 6,400. He's playing 40 minutes a night. I, I'm not saying you can't play him at 6,400, but that's an uncomfortable price tag for a guy who isn't going to have a ton of usage. I think he gets there through rebounds. It is a pretty good rebounding matchup, um, especially with Lively out on the other side. Josh Hart, uncomfortable at 6,300. Another guy like... The Knicks are, we know they're going to play upper 30s minutes. So you can still have interest, even though prices are starting to adjust. They're essentially playing a six man rotation uh, with a sprinkle of a few other guys in there. But basically, six guys are playing 30 plus minutes, and that's it. So uh, if, and then if Brunson out, is out, guys like McBride jump up way up the value charts. Um, I think you'd have to even look at somebody like maybe Malachi Flynn could be in play at 3,500. But definitely keeping an eye on the Brunson news. Interest in DiVincenzo either way. Um, slight interest in McBride either way as well. He His role is solid enough. Don't love that the price is above 4K now, but he's still in play. Uh, he's going to have a decent role here. For what it's worth, I think Brunson sits in this game. Uh, I mean, the ankle injury left the game the other night, did not come back. They don't play again until Saturday, which gives them a couple extra days. Um, so I think Brunson sits in this game for what it's worth. And I think Miles McBride becomes one of the best value plays on the slate. So obviously you really like DiVincenzo. I like Josh Hart. Like his rebounding has been phenomenal recently with Julius Randle out. So I like Josh Hart as well. And then I don't think we can overlook just how much Precious is playing right now. I know his price has climbed up, but the minutes are phenomenal. He's just on the court a ton. I mean, and now we're like, Jericho Sims is questionable. There's potentially 
not a lot there for Precious to compete with minutes. So I, I think that we're definitely going to just keep taking shots on him as well. This should be a close competitive game. I know Dallas is a three-point favorite in this one, but with or without Brunson, I think this is a close competitive game. We got Chicago at Memphis, 212.5. Lowest total on the slate. Chicago, 5.5-point favorite. Levine and Williams out. Craig, questionable. Memphis, the list continues to be long. Bain, Clark, Triple J, Ja, Smart, out. Williams, Zero Williams, doubtful. And Rose, questionable. Start with the Bulls. What do we like here for Chicago? Another team that better be making some trades. Um, they've, they've sat out the last three t- trade deadlines when it's, it was pretty evident their core group was not working. Um, now they've completely botched the Zach Levine trade situation with his injury. Um, can no longer move him. So I think they're going to pivot to moving DeRozan. I, I don't think DeRozan is a Chicago Bull by the time this game tips off. Um, I would certainly hope Andre Drummond is not a bull uh, by the time tip-off rolls around. I think Alex Caruso is firmly on the trade block as well. So we could see a very different Bulls team here, might have some value available. It is obviously a great matchup against a very watered-down Memphis team. Um, so if Kobe White is out there, he's probable. Um, he went absolutely off in, in the last game. If DeRozan gets traded away and Kobe White's the last man standing here, he might be one of my favorite plays on the slate. Um, not sure what they're going to do with Vooch. I, I don't know if they'll be, be able to find a taker for him. Um, but if Drummond gets moved, which I think is extremely likely, likely, he might play 36, 38 minutes in this spot. Like I have a ton of interest in the Chicago team, assuming that they make the trades that they're supposed to make. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of value down, down the depth chart as well. Um, a guy like Jalen Phillips, we might, or Julian Phillips, rather, we might be looking at um, Patrick Williams still out. I believe Dalen Terry is still out. Um, actually, Dalen Terry is probable. So that, that's another yeah. name. Like, there's going to be value on this Bulls team, assuming that, that they make a couple of trades. I think you just have to, you have to wait and see. I have interest in Kobe White, no matter what they do. I don't think it's a hot take, but I think Drummond has a 76ers jersey on in his next game he plays. Yeah. Um with Embiid out four to six weeks, I've read a lot of reports that 76ers are buying. They are not selling. They know that they're going to get Embiid back before the playoffs, and they're buying. And Drummond, Drummond to Philly would be very interesting. I would love that. Um, I would as well, place. and I wouldn't be surprised if they attached DeRozan to him and you see DeRozan and Drummond to Philly. Yeah, and then, like, so I also read that, like, Chicago – out of all the people, they're like really like, hey, if you want Caruso, we want a lot. Like, are you really planning <laughs> your flag? <laughs> it is ridiculous. Oh. Like, I get he has a super team-friendly contract, and he's an awesome role player. But come on, man. Like, we're talking like they're turning down first-round picks for Alex Caruso. I know. It's just like, like – what? And there's been a lot of like there's been a lot of teams from what I was reading, like very interesting Caruso, like the asking price that the Bulls have are just – what are you doing? Like, like you have AU and you have guys that like can do what Caruso does. Like, I don't know. Um, anyway, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Drummond. I don't think he, I don't think he's in a Chicago Bulls uniform on this slate. So we'll see how that kind of plays out. If DeRozan gets moved and Vooch and just like, if Vooch is still there, I, I like him a lot. I like AU. Um, 
man, you have me so interested now on like if they're gonna move DeRozan. AU's prop is not up. Of course it's not. Um if he comes up at what what are you looking for? 12 and a half, 13 and a half. Yeah, it was points? twelve, it's like, been twelve and a half the last yeah. few times. Um he missed the other night because he didn't too. shoot in the second half, but I think Kobe White is really interesting too. Like if we get if DeRozan gets moved, if everyone if everyone stays for Chicago, I don't necessarily have a ton of interest in Chicago as a whole here in this game. But if they do move some pieces, Kobe White, um, this guy looks like he has the potential to be a stud. So they should be building around guys like Kobe White. And I and like if I'm Chicago, I probably don't move move Vooch because I do think Vooch is a very good core player that doesn't miss a lot of games overall. Um but if you're going to move somebody, I think DeRozan's a good call. Um. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But let's go to the Memphis side. <laughs> Gosh. All right. Um, so they just got rid of Tillman, right? Tillman yep. to the Celtics. That happened yesterday or you know, today, Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, yep. So that's done. Uh, what are we doing here when we're looking at Memphis? Do we do we play Trey Jamison here at 3,900? Because now like Tillman's gone too and like he's still under 4K and we're probably not getting him under 4K again this season. Yes, I, I do think you were playing Trey Jamison in this spot. Um, I, I talked about him a little bit in that Knicks matchup because he was massive chalk against Boston and immediately got foul, got into foul trouble and barely played. I I thought his role could be much more significant than what we saw. Uh, and then he was announced in the starting lineup. So I actually ended up on, on quite a bit of Trey Jamison um, just because I had a little bit before he was even announced in the starting lineup. Um so I, I'm interested there. I think Luke Kennard is a guy that could get moved as well in this spot. I don't know exactly what their stance is on the rest of these guys. Like Aldama and Roddy could probably help contend contenders. I just I don't know if there's a taker for those those guys. Um, but Memphis, I think, is certainly open to willing or is it, is willing and open to moving pieces. Just ha- kind of have to see. Um, but Jamison at 3,900 without Tillman there has should have a role. Um, and then it's just kind of see who's left. I think there's a, a lot of guys who could potentially be in play here. Um, even though prices have adjusted a little bit, they're still going to be shorthanded, especially if they make another trade or two. Uh, Pittman Jr. has been playing really solid minutes here recently. 
And I mean, Memphis is in a position now with like Triple J banged up, Jaw out, Bane out. Like they're they're selling. I think Concher and Kennard potentially yeah. get moved. Good I like Concher. like Pittman a lot in that scenario because like Concher's been playing some point, and like if Pittman's gonna get thirty plus minutes at point, I don't care. Like the matchup doesn't bother me that much. Um, he's gonna be a guy that's gonna get up some shots. He has some assist upside. He has um, good defensive upside. So I, I like Scotty Pittman Jr. here quite a bit at 5K. And then Jamison, like you said, just one of the best value players on the slate. If Kennard and Contra do get moved, I like Gigi Jackson as well. I, I think he's potentially too cheap. So watch this Memphis team. The Tillman, the Tillman kind of move told us everything. Um, I think Lamar Stevens was in that deal too. They kind of told us everything. They're going to be selling here, and they should be. Like, your three best players are hurt. I mean, your season is all but over if you're Memphis. Um, they're just they're they're too short-handed right now to do anything. So I think this is a team that's going to be selling. It's trade deadline Thursday, and I think we're going to have to take advantage of it. Um, what are they like, eighteen and thirty-two or something like that? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, they're, they're closer to the top overall pick than they are to, to any any type of contention this year. Um, and Ja and, and Bain are still missing. Ja's out for the year, and Bain's still missing plenty of time. So they're they're going nowhere. I, I agree. They're going to sell as much as they can. And they're not going to they're not going to bring Triple J back until he's like a, for sure 100%. So. Right. All right, we got Minnesota at Milwaukee, 228 and a half total here. Milwaukee, a one-point favorite. This game, I don't know how much trade deadline we're too worried about with this game, but we are worried about some injury news. Lillard is questionable, and Middleton's out. <laughs> so a lot of a uh, lot of potential here that we're going to be watching. Minnesota did trade, um, what was it? It was Troy Brown and Shake Milton for Monte Morris, right? To get like a backup guard to Conley, I think, Monte Morris. Um so that happened. I don't think that matters too much. Um, Troy Brown Jr. played like four or five minutes a night. So, And then I think Shake Milton was like four to five minutes a night recently. So nothing too big here on Minnesota. What do we like here for the Timberwolves? Yeah, not, nothing really changed for Minnesota. Um, and like they're, they're going to be buying, if anything. Like they're, they're a certain contender. Um, I don't think that Morris will be available for this game. Um, not that it would matter anyway. He's basically just going to play backup point guard minutes, I think. Um, yeah. So it's going to be standard rotation here. I think you take shots on ceiling for guys like Anthony Edwards, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert. I don't play more than one of them in any lineup, uh, but I do think it's a solid matchup here against Milwaukee. Um, I think Ant would be my favorite. That price tag at 8,500 is is really intriguing. Just he's coming off of a ceiling performance against Chicago as well. We had 68 DraftKings points. Um, 8,500 is too cheap, too cheap for for Edwards' ceiling. So uh, I think he would be my initial lean, but I don't mind Towns or Gobert either. Yeah, I really like Anthony Edwards today. I think this is a phenomenal Anthony Edwards spot. Kind of like Mike Conley a lot today. Like I know it's like weird to say, but I mean point guards have smashed Milwaukee all year uh, and. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Lillard's questionable. I, I kind of want Lillard to play, but I think Mike Conley at 5,100, I could see him have like a 35 fantasy point game. I, he's not a guy I'm playing for like 50 fantasy points. I could see him having like a 30, 35 point game. Um, he's had a few of those this year where he scored over 35 fantasy points. And I think that this is the type of matchup that he could really excel in. Uh, really, 
really like his assist prop depending on what it comes in at. I th- hope it comes in at like five and a half. Um, doubt it comes in that low, but one can be optimistic, right? Um, I'm looking now. Let's see. Seven and a half. Yeah, well, one could be optimistic. All right. Um, the Milwaukee side of this game, what do you got here for the Bucks? I mean, if, if Lillard sits, I think you have to be taking a strong look at Giannis. Um, even though like Minnesota is one of the top defenses in the NBA, Giannis is not a guy where we care about the matchup. Um, yes, Gobert is in there protecting the room, the rim where Giannis does a lot of his work. Um, so it's like, as far as matchup goes, it, it's not great. No Middleton already is a usage boot for, boost for Giannis. If Lillard is out as well, I think you're you're looking at like a 40% type of usage rate for Giannis. Um, so despite the matchup, I still would be interested in getting there. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in the rest of Milwaukee, even with Middleton out, um, just because of the matchup. If, if Lillard is out, I have to have some interest here. I think it's probably Portis as a guy that that sees some run. Maybe Brooke catches a, a little extra usage. Um, the, the cheap guys are, are just really uncomfortable. If Lillard is out, I suppose campaign probably jumps in and draws the start. He was okay against Phoenix in the, in the last game they were in this situation, but I just, I don't like the matchup for this Milwaukee team. Uh, but I think the injury situations might force us to, to find some exposure here. Um, it's, it's Giannis first and foremost. That's clear. I think it's Portis for me second. Beasley's in play. Crowder's in play. But I don't feel co- I don't feel as confident about the value here. If Dame sits, I think Pat Connington at 4K, like he played 30 minutes the other night with Dame out. Um, we we could potentially take shots on him in this game at 4,000. We're going to see a lot of value potentially open up throughout the day. But I think that that's one that we kind of already know the situation to. So I think that Connington is someone we could definitely take shots on if Dame sits. If Dame is out, I think you just plug and play honest today. I know the matchup's not fantastic, but the matchup doesn't matter for a guy like Giannis. He's just such a fantastic player that can do so much where he has upside in any matchup. So I think Giannis is my top play on the slate. If Lillard sits, don't mind the Portis call. Wish he was a little bit cheaper. Really like Connington if Lillard sits as well. If Lillard plays... I don't have a ton of interest in Milwaukee outside of maybe some tournament exposure to Giannis. Um, that's where I would probably get my exposure to them. Giannis's minutes have been incredible since the coaching change. Just wanted to point that out. Like he's been regularly running up in the up near 40 minutes. So I think he's in play, even if Lillard Lillard plays, like you said, would definitely be just large field tournaments, but don't overlook him. We finished it out. Utah at Phoenix, 243 total here. Phoenix, a six and a half point favorite. Um, Fontecchio got traded on Wednesday, so he'll be out for this one. And Utah is in the very much they're selling. Um, it's very, very well documented that Olenek is probably not in the Utah jersey by the time this game tips off. Beal is questionable, and Lee is out on the Phoenix side of this one. Let's go Utah first. Really tough to break them down before the trade deadline when they've actively said they're going to be selling. Um, I don't think they move Markin in sexton but i think a lot of these other pieces might be available here for this team um utah's in a position where they're like a borderline playoff team they're a 500 team they they're not a team that's going to make a deep playoff push i think they're going to be selling quite a bit here 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I totally agree on the Olenek thing. That and that makes me want to have interest in Walker Kessler. I still don't know if he's going to find minutes because John Collins. I don't think they move him quite yet. They just signed him. I I think that was a three or four year deal. Um, so not sure if they can unload that contract. Not sure if they even have interest in unloading Collins. Um, but Kessler is a guy who I I don't know why he they I don't know if they don't trust his defense or what it is, but he's fallen out of favor a little bit this season. Um, I have interest if Olenek gets moved, though. I definitely think you could see a guy like Chris Dunn get moved, which could be a huge boost for Keontae George's minutes. Um, the wings are interesting. Like, without Fontecchio now, who starts at the three is my question. Is it Agbaji just slides in there? Um, I think it could be Agbaji. I don't know that I have a ton of interest there anyway but he could be a starter under 3500 um taylor Hendricks is the other guy they just called up from the g league he's minimum price like one of those guys probably starts i think you could have you could take a look at at either of them yeah i also i read something today that um utah is eventually wanting to start keontae do we think like keontae eventually like starts over done um he might be a really solid value play on how this trade deadline ends up. Like if we do get, like if Chris Dunn gets moved, which I don't know if he's in the trade deadline, like if he's on the trading block or not, but if Chris Dunn gets moved, like Keontae, I think everybody, but marketing and Keontae George are on the trading block for Utah. (laughs) But um, I I think Keontae George is one to circle today just to kind of pay attention. Like his minutes and shot attempts have already been up recently. He's yep. taking double-digit shot attempts in four of the last five, and his price is just kind of not – like it just hasn't caught up. He's scored at least 30 fantasy points in three of the last five, and he's 3,900. So um, that's one to watch today, like depending I, I, on – Yeah, I love the Keontae George thing. I think even if Dunn sticks around, they could play Dunn at the wing a little bit more. They're just – they're really short on wings. Like they've been playing marketing at the three a little bit. Um, which they might continue to do that, but I but I do that move Collins to the four and let Walker Kessler start and let Markin and play the three. Like Th- they could be interested in doing that. Yeah. That that might have been why they moved Fontecchio. Um, I don't know. It's it's they're a hard team to figure out for sure. There's one. They're one of those teams where you like you get the starting lineup alert and you're like, all right, um, right. we'll see. But um, George or Mc- it's- it's the last game of the night. So yeah. you're going to have to do some guessing until we get that starting lineup. Derek in chat wants to know George or McBride, if no Brunson, I think you could play both of them today. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I think if no Brunson, it's going to be McBride for me, but I, I agree. I have interest in both. There's a lot of studs to pay up for on the slate. Like, especially if Lillard sits, like we're already talking about Luca. Giannis is on the slate. Like, there's plenty of studs. I mean, let's go to the other side of this game. Phoenix. Bradley Beal sits. You got to bump up Devin Booker and Kevin Durant in that scenario. You got to bump up Grayson Allen if Bradley Beal sits. Um, I mean, could potential matchup for Nurkic, who's been playing phenomenal recently um, at 6,900. So, I mean, there's plenty of people to pay up for just on the other side of this game. Yeah, totally agree. Awesome matchup against Utah as well. Um, Phoenix at home, love the spot for them. Uh, Booker is the ceiling guy. I, I definitely want to chase, um, with or with, without Beal. I think I take a couple of shots on Booker at least. Um, Durant is, is always in play as well. Could certainly find a ceiling in his spot. 
I think I slightly prefer Booker. Um, he just seems to, to be doing a little bit more, but it's not a strong preference by any means. Durant is great as well. Um, good call on the Nurkic stuff. Like the, the up to 32 minutes in the last game. If he's going to play 30 minutes a night, Nurkic is is too cheap for that type of role. Uh, so love that call. Um, and then it's it's watching the Bradley Beal thing. Agree. It's it's Grayson Allen. I think Eric Gordon is in play um, if Bradley Beal misses as well. Could see him up to like 28 minutes in that spot. Even if he's coming off the bench, I think the the you should could be pretty solid. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of interest in this Phoenix team, especially if Bradley Beal is out, just because of the matchup against Utah. Yeah, um, I mean, Eric Gordon is another guy if Bradley Beal hits that could get a bump around 30 minutes, and he's cheap at 4,400, so a lot of potential value in this last game of the slate. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then uh, we'll talk about that football game that's happening on Sunday that you might have heard of. Um, favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who do you got? Um, give me... I'm going to take Miles McBride here. Even if Brunson pr- plays, his role has been solid enough at 4,100 to take some shots there. If Brunson is out, I think he's the top value on the slate. I'm going to go trade Jamison here for Memphis at 3,900. I think there is a lot of value. I think it's a stars and scrubs type of day, and you just kind of hope the value plays out the way that you want it to. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? Hmm. Let's see here. I will go. I'm going to go Kyrie Irving. Um, just a tough matchup against the Knicks. I know they're a little bit shorthanded. Uh, just think Luca is doing a little bit too much for Kyrie to get there. Wouldn't surprise me if Ky- Kyrie has the the ceiling game, but I definitely prefer Luca. So I'll go Kyrie to bust. Tough question today. A um, lot of good options up here. I mean, my my least favorite up here is probably Steph, but I like the matchup. Um, I'm going to say Steph just because I think there's a lot of great plays, and I don't know how much Steph I get to on the slate. A lot of good plays. I mean, that's why I'm saying it's the stars and scrubs. Like, you like Luka, you like Giannis, you like Donovan Mitchell, you like Booker if Beal is out. I I mean, if Brunson plays, you like Brunson. I mean, KD, Wimby, (laughs) Markinen, like, none of these guys are bad options. Um, Yeah, I like it. Uh, favorite 6X play today. Who do you got? Give me Anthony Edwards to find another ceiling game. Love this spot for him against Milwaukee. Um, like you said, I kind of hope Lillard plays in this game just to keep it competitive. Uh, and Lillard, we know, is not much of a defender at this point. So great spot for Anthony Edwards regardless. 8500 a little bit too cheap for him. I'm going to go to my boy Paulo Banchero for the Orlando Magic. I love him in this spot. Um, San Antonio put up 51 fantasy points against this team. A week ago and he was on triple double watching that game he was three assists and a rebound short of a triple double against san antonio you worry a little bit about the blowout but i think this is a fantastic spot for him he's a stud i mean this is a guy we're going to be talking about for the next 10 years so um really like him in this matchup let's get weird gpp play of the day who do you got it's so hard to know how ownership is going to fall. Like there's a ton of moving parts between when we're oh, recording yeah. this and when, when tip tip off is coming. Um, no matter what happens though, I don't think anybody is getting to Lester Canonis for golden state. And it seems like he really has a role with this team. He's 3,600. I don't know that the, the 20 plus minutes are, are su- super secure, but I think he's in the rotation. Um, 
awesome matchup against Indiana. I'll, I'll probably take some shots there. I'm going to go to Scotty Pittman Jr. as my Let's Get Weird GPP play of the day. We were talking about him. He's kind of in that like weird price range where he's not like as cheap as some of these guys that we've brought up in the four and you know three and three and four K range. So I hope he kind of just goes overlooked. Memphis could be a team that's selling and his minutes are already there. I think that there's a lot of upside for someone like Scotty Pittman Jr. in the NBA and um, see what happens. But yeah, he's my let's get rid GPP play of the day. Let's go to the betting portion here. Any player props or pick em plays that you like? I know there wasn't a ton of lines out. Was there anything jumping off to you? I really like the spot for Anthony Edwards. Uh, points line is at 27 and a half. He has scored at least 30 in each of his last two. So Anthony Edwards, a very streaky player, uh, seems to be in one of those hot streaks right now. And I love this matchup for him against the Bucks. Give me Anthony Edwards over 27 and a half points. Ditto. I already bet it. it. I'm with you. That's who I wrote down. I bet it before the podcast. I'm with you. Really like Anthony Edwards as well. I like when we're on the same page. I will say if Kaminga comes in under 20 points, like if he comes in at 18 and a half, 19 and a half, I'm going to take his over. Um, I might even take it up to like 21. I think this is a really good spot for him. And I think if he gets his like extra five or six minutes, he has no problem clearing the line. Uh, we talked about on the podcast yesterday. He's gone over 20 points and now nine of his last 11 games. So if Kaminga's line comes in under 20, 18, 19 and a half, I think I even take it at 20 and a half here. I have a lot of interest in Jonathan Kaminga's point prop. So we'll see what it actually comes in at double or back to back for them. So we might not get this one till the morning, but jump on it if it's a good one. Uh, let's talk football one last time this season. We're going to talk about football on the morning grind. Last time for this season anyway. Not for the year because, hey, we'll get football again in about six months. So um, we got San Francisco at Kansas City being played in Las Vegas. This should be it should be a fantastic football game. Let's just call it how it is. Um, I know there's a lot of buzz about it being the big game and all that jazz, but that's fine. Uh, this game's going to be phenomenal. We get two of the best teams in the NFL, um, just in general here. Let's talk. We'll do typical morning grind style. We'll we'll go game like team by team, and then maybe we'll just give some general like roster construction thoughts. And I asked you, and I know you have a player prop that you like. Um, We'll talk about a player prop or two here as well. Some of the stuff that I bet last week has moved, but um, there's one thing that hasn't. So let's go to the 49ers here. Should be a full go for just about everybody on this team. Let's talk 49ers first. What do you like here for San Francisco? I mean, I think it all starts with Christian McCaffrey, right? Um, the Chiefs have been an outstanding pass defense all season long. Christian McCaffrey has one of the best roles in the NFL, the best role in the NFL probably. Um, he's expensive. He's going to be extremely high-owned. There is certainly game theory involved in a showdown single-game slate, so – do with that what you will. Obviously, we're going to like Christian McCaffrey. I think my initial lean is to go underweight on him in the captain. Like early captain ownership looks out of control on Christian McCaffrey. And I think there's plenty of upside in this San Francisco offense. Um, Debo Samuel is the guy that I really have my eye on. I think it's a tough spot for Brandon Ayuk. Um, mentioned that Kansas City pass defense. I think they have a good shot of containing Brandon Ayuk. 
Debo Samuel is a guy who can get the ball in multiple different ways. They hand it off to him. They run screen passes for him um, in addition to his typical wide receiver duties. So Debo Samuel as a contrarian captain is like one of my favorite plays. Somebody I'll be significantly overweight on. Um, I definitely prefer Mahomes to Purdy. So I don't necessarily need to play Purdy in those, in those type of lineups. Like I'm playing Debo for to catch a touchdown and run for a touchdown, basically. Um, I think that is within his range of outcomes. Um, I think I can leave Purdy out of those lineups, but obviously Purdy is, is great. I just, I think McCaffrey on the ground is how they attempt to get things rolling. If they struggle with that, I think Debo Samuel is going to be their next look. Um, Kittle is, is in play. I just, I struggle to get there when Debo and Ayuk are, are both active. Um, the price is cheaper than Ayuk. I think I I might slightly prefer him over Ayuk, uh, but it's it's Debo ahead of both of them for me. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right, so I'll probably run like a 20-inch max, and that would probably be my exposure to this slate for DraftKings. I haven't decided, but I think I'm going to lock Christian McCaffrey in the captain spot. Um, When you run Sims, like, he, he just... He's, he's gonna <laughs> like his, his optimal percentage is just through the roof. And like you look at his production to everybody else's production on this slate, and like if Christian McCaffrey has a somewhat Christian McCaffrey game, he smashes. And, and like his, his role is just so incredibly good. The downside to that is he's also going to be so chalky in the captain, like you said. Um, so this is one of those slates. I, I wish like you, you could, you had like really like two really good, like 20 entry max tournaments that you could do. And you could like lock him in, in the captain spot and then you could fade him. Um, I mean, that's how I would approach it. And you can't, cause there's not two good ones. Um, I haven't looked on Fandle if they have a 20 entry max. So maybe I do something funky like that on Fandle, but Christian McCaffrey, I think is the best play on the slate. I don't think that's a secret. I don't think that's a hot take by any means. Like he projects better than everybody on the slate as he should. I'm with you. I like Debo more than Ayuk. Kittle might be the person that I end up like very much underweight on in this game. I, I think that like I might end up overweight on like a Juwan Jennings just because like his price is kind of weird. 
but he has a role. I think when you're looking for showdown and you're looking to get different and like unique on a slate like this with only one game where everybody in the world was watching. What about our boy, Kyle Jusek? Um, <laughs> like he is such a threat to score a touchdown on any given day. 10 points at 800 bucks. Sign me up. I mean, that would be huge. So I think definitely we'll get some exposure to him in the flex here. Um, and then, like, if you're if you're taking some shots on like the 49ers defense, which is fine, um, it's okay to play defenses. This should be a game that is low scoring. There's two good defenses, two good offenses. You yeah, funny. the the 47 total was a little 47 and a half. I think is where it's sitting right now. Yeah. The game in a dome. I, I was a little bit surprised by that. I thought we'd see 49 and a half, 50 and a half. Like I I was expecting a 50 point total here. Yeah, um, but it's 47 and a half, like you mentioned. So. I will say what I was going to say, if you're taking some shots on the 49ers defense, you could pair it with Ray Ray McLeod at 200 bucks. And if he runs back a kick, you're off to the races. You get to double down and he's 200 bucks. Um, I don't think he's very involved in general. I think his upside is like running back a punter kick. Um, so there's a lot of risk in that. But again, like the... I know like the millionaire maker on DraftKings is 470,000 entries. <laughs> um, so that's just insane. It's wild. All right, let's go to the chief side of this game. Um, I, I think the popular plays here are going to be Kelsey Pacheco rice. And I don't know how to argue against them. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, what do you, what do you argue? There's nothing to argue. There is reports that like sky Moore practice fully and he could come back here. He's, he doesn't make enough of a difference for me. Um, I mean, if anything, MVS, if he doesn't drop the long play that he'll get an attempt to get or one or two of those, he has some upside. I took his receiving prop last week. Um, I wrote it up on like Monday and it has moved. But what are your thoughts here on the Chiefs? Yeah, completely agree that it's Kelsey Pacheco and Rice. That is the entirety of the chiefs offense basically um i prefer kelsey of the three uh it it's just a gut feeling like um i have some stats here kelsey's uh first of all he did not get a, a thousand re receiving yards for the first time in like eight 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 seasons uh his target share during the regular season was 21 percent in the playoffs it has been 26 percent like they have concentrated on Tra travis kelsey in the playoffs, I think that he is back to being the number one receiving option. We talked about it a lot towards the end of the year, how Rasheed Rice was the, the target leader in this offense over the back half of the season. That has not been the case in the playoffs. It's been Travis Kelsey again. So give me Kelsey. I know he's the, the most expensive of the three, but I still think that he has a, a massive role here. Um, I think the Chiefs, I don't know. I, I'm leaning towards... The, making a, a, a bet on the chief side of this. So I feel like they're going to play from ahead. I think they're going to be really pass heavy to get ahead is the only concern. So like I have, I have all the Mahomes, Kelsey Rice interests, but Pacheco is a guy like to close out the game. I have interest there as well. Um, from an ownership standpoint, I, I don't, I'm not even super familiar. I didn't dive into ownership deeply outside of the captain stuff. Um, 
LCU looks like we're projecting for about 39%, Pacheco 37, and Rice 36. So they're all like bunched up right there together. Um, so no decision on, on an ownership discount. It's basically the salary is the only thing you have to consider. I, unfortunately, I like the most expensive one. Um, I, I think I prefer Rice slightly over Pacheco, especially on DraftKings, just because of the the point per reception stuff, I think. Pacheco probably has slightly more touchdown equity. Um, that's also why why I prefer Kelsey as the top guy. I just I think he catches a touchdown in the spot. The the cheap stuff, I like you look at last year's game, um, and Tony caught two touchdowns out of nowhere. I think there's a role for somebody in this game to do something similar to that. The problem is I think there are like three or four guys who could be that guy in this spot. Um Tony has a chance to return. Sky Moore was activated off of IR. Jarek McKinnon was activated off of IR. So keeping an eye on who exactly is active for this game, I don't think McKinnon is making it back. I think it's pretty iffy on Sky Moore. I think it's Tony is going to be active, um, but McCole Hardman is there as well, and they're basically identical players. So I don't know. Finding that cheap guy, cheap cheap Chiefs guy that catches a touchdown is is really difficult. Um, I like your MVS call. I think he has a chance to catch a long touchdown. I'd put Justin Watson in that same conversation. Um, I think I would have a group of one of MVS or Watson. I would have a group of one of Tony and Hardman. I think I'll have exposure to all of those guys and throw Noah Gray in there as well. Him catching a touchdown wouldn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it, it starts and ends with the, with the big three here, Kelsey, Pacheco, Rice. Um, but I think you have to take some shots on these cheap Chiefs. Gray was the person I was going to mention. I, I think that Gray, like my my cheap targets in this game overall are probably going to be Jusak, Gray. That's probably where a lot of like MVS. And then, like you said, we'll see who's active for Kansas City. I mean, like, is it going to be Tony that's active? Is it going to be Hardman that's active? Is it going to be Richie James Jr. who's active? So, I, I think just kind of waiting to, I mean, I know everybody is going to want to hang out and have a beer too and watch this game, but I, I think checking the inactives at like five o'clock is going to be important on this one because there could be some potential value that is taken away. I mean, like who, they're not going to have all these guys active. Kansas City is not going to have all these guys active. So um, I like, I like Noah Gray call a lot. I had written him down as someone to watch here for a touchdown. They're going to be my thought process on Noah Gray is they're going to be so locked in on Travis Kelsey in the red zone that do not put it past Andy Reid to draw up a play for a two tight end set and Noah Gray catch touchdown. I mean, that's my thought process on Noah Gray. So, um, yeah, it should be a solid. Let's talk a little bit about roster construction. I know, um, we've been talking a bunch tonight, but. Um, is there anything I know you talked a little bit uh, about how you're potentially leaning under Christian McCaffrey and the captain? If you're doing that, is it like going overweight on like Debo Samuel and Travis Kelsey in the captain? Uh, is it Mahomes and Brock Purdy in the captain? What are your thoughts here as far as like if you're going to be underweight on Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, so it's strictly ownership. I, I agree that McCaffrey is the most likely to score the most points in the game. Um, that let me just get that out of the way. But we are showing massive ownership projections for McCaffrey. 
um, 22.5% in the captain. I don't know. If that comes down into like the 18% range by kickoff, maybe I decide to go slightly overweight. Um, but when I'm seeing guys like Debo Samuel at 6%, um, even Kelsey at 12% is half the ownership of, of McCaffrey. Those are the main two targets. I just think their touchdown upside is incredible in this spot. I My hope would be that Debo Samuel is the one that scores two touchdowns instead of Christian McCaffrey. Um, it's certainly not as likely, but I think it is definitely possible. I think George Kittle could score two touchdowns in this spot as well. So it's just going overweight on the other San Francisco skill guys, for one, uh, is just they, kept, they, they score more touchdowns than McCaffrey. Uh, McCaffrey could still beat them if he gets a yardage bonus and scores a touchdown there, There's and then has 10 catches or something like that as well. Um, but th- those guys are a little bit cheaper. It allows me a little bit of more flexibility throughout the build. Um, and then I think Kelsey is going to be just as big of an overweight stance as uh, Debo. Just I talked about the role being a lot better in the playoffs. I love his chances to catch at least one touchdown. I think he has a chance at 10 receptions. 100 yards is not out of the question. Um, so Kelsey is going to be my primary target on the Chiefs. I'm leaning to the Chiefs to win the game despite being underdogs. Um, so I probably end up with some Pacheco captain as well. I think Rasheed Rice is certainly in play as a captain. I just generally don't use quarterbacks in captain. I don't think there's any chance I'll use Brock Purdy there. Mahomes is still, I'm still considering I'm on the fence. It depends on if I get on a cheap pass catcher. I could see, uh, using Mahomes in the captain going to Kelsey, as my main flex play and then mixing through guys like Justin Watson, MVS, Noah Gray, and just trying to find that other cheap pass catcher uh, who can, who can find the end zone with my Mahomes captain's team. But I'm, I'm leaning on not using Mahomes in the captain at this point. So roster construction for me, very going to be very four, two based. I think this is a four, two based type of slate where I'm either going for San Francisco for Kansas city. And then two of the other team, obviously. Um, like I said, I'm leaning right now 100% Christian McCaffrey in the captain um, in a 20-inch max build. If I chicken out and you know try to get some exposure, it's probably Rasheed Rice and Debo that I'm getting exposure to in the captain. Just because I feel like if you're not playing Christian McCaffrey in the captain, a lot of people are going to be playing Travis Kelsey. And I think if I want to get different somewhere, I have to get different with Rasheed Rice in the captain spot. Um, but overall, I mean, that's kind of how I'm looking at lineup builds here. I think you're going to have to kind of pick one of these cheap guys and cause there, I mean, there's just studs galore to pay up for. Um, so I think you're going to pick one of these cheap guys and see how it kind of plays out. But I think four, two is the build for me. And I know you said, you know, just shift gears just a little bit here, but I, I, I can't wait to watch your head in this one and watch your, watch your eyes. I'm, I'm watching your eyes here, <laughs> but you know how I bet this game, Keith? I bet a unit and a half on Kansas City to win the game, and I bet a unit on Christian McCaffrey to win the MVP. Yep, that's that's surprising. <laughs> um, I, I get your your line of thinking there. Uh, you're assuming that McCaffrey goes off for like three touchdowns, and he just far outpaces any if, other. If the San Francisco production. 49ers win this game, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have to have a big game. And I know we haven't seen a running back win the MVP since like Terrell Davis back in the day with Denver, but. Christian McCaffrey is the guy that can do that. Like he can go for 150 all-purpose yards and 
two or three touchdowns in this game. So that's how that's how I bet this game. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Chiefs win. I'm up. I, I think like I did the math and I'm making money either way. If it oh unless Brock Purdy wins the MVP, then I'm then I'm down and then I'm just you know I lost. Um, but that's gambling sometimes. But that's how that's how I bet um the Super Bowl as far as like the outcome. I bet Christian McCaffrey at a unit and I bet a unit and a half on Kansas City outright. I assume that McCaffrey MVP was better odds. It was plus 400. Than, yeah. Oh yeah. So significantly better odds yep. than just betting Niners. Uh, I like that angle. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm unless, like I said, unless Brock Purdy wins the MVP, um, I'm making money either way. And like in, in my head, my thought process is if San Francisco wins this game, Christian McCaffrey is going to go bonkers. Um, that's how they win this game. So but yeah, that's how that's how I bet this game. I know you said you were leaning Kansas City. I'm leaning Kansas City as well. Um, I mean, I'm leaning Kansas City, but I would love to see Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy win the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, like I have no ill feelings to either one of these teams. Um, I think it's two of the best teams in the NFL playing for the Super Bowl this year. And I, you know, there's not many years that we get this, but I, I think. You just get Patrick Mahomes in these big games, man, and it's just he he just has a different gear. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like Mahomes is is the X factor here. Like Purdy's a, a capable quarterback, but he is not Patrick Mahomes. Like I don't think anybody is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, he just he has the X factor. The um, he he just I don't know how to explain it. Um, there's just something about him. Dude does things that nobody else can do. We just saw it. We just saw it in the Baltimore game. Like he just he he has that next level, and that's why he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So, um, all right, really quick before we get out of here, I know you talked about um, you had a player prop that you like. Lay it on us. Yeah, so I talked about the increase in Travis Kelsey's um, target share coming into the playoffs. He has been over seventy. Uh, he's had at least 71 yards in all three playoff games so far this season. The target share went from 21% to 26%. And his receiving yards prop is sitting at 71 and a half yards. There might even be a 70, 70 and a half still out there. Um, I did bet it at 70 and a half. That's pretty juiced if it's out there. And I, I like the 71 and a half just as much. Uh, I will be taking uh, Travis Kelsey over 71 and a half receiving, uh, receiving yards. I like it. Um, I, I know this one's still available because I bet it earlier today, but I like Patrick Mahomes over 26 and a half rushing yards in this game. Um, this is the last game of the season. We've seen quarterbacks already in the playoffs kind of scramble a little bit more and be okay with rushing. He hasn't hit this, but one time in the last three games and twice in the last five, I just think that if he, this is a really good defense is going to put a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Um, so we talked about this on running hot today, the uh, NASCAR podcast that we do on action network, me and Rotoduck, And we talked about how, like it, it was a, Oh gosh, I forget exactly how the bet is worded. It, it, I have it up. Still hold on. It's longest rush for a quarterback plus three and a half yards over a number of cars finishing on the lead lap in the Daytona 500. <laughs> um, and we'd love these little crossover bets. We've done one the last couple of years for the running hot podcast. And, so we we did like the median for the quarterback longest rush is like 15 and a half. Um, you know, so I think that uh, just I, I like Patrick Mahomes rushing prop here. So, um, yeah, I bet this one earlier today. 26 and a half seems high, but 
you know, I just I, I got my MVS bet last week. I got a Kelsey touchdown bet last week, and there's just not a lot of value out there anymore. Um, I found value in the McCaffrey MVP at plus 400, and that's how I bet that scenario. So, uh, don't I mean, I'm rooting for Chiefs. You know, I have, like I said, I have MVS bet that I wrote up. Gosh, I wrote that thing up, I think, Monday of last week. Um, we have 26. For what it's worth, for anybody that is looking for bets on this game, we have 26 bets right now posted on scores and odds for this game alone. So, um, if you haven't already, subscribe to Scores and Odds. We appreciate it. And uh, we have a ton of stuff over there. And, uh, man, just so much stuff going on at Scores and Odds. The NBA team has just been absolutely crushing. So um, can't say enough good things, except for that guy yesterday that, like, messed it up. But you can still get <laughs> MVS at, like, 19.5. I bet it at 18.5. So I still don't mind it at 19.5. I mean, it's it's one play for MVS, basically. If he gets a catch, it's probably over 17, yep. 18 yards. Um, you're just banking on him getting that one 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 long catch. He just has to catch it. Love that he, he's yep. going to have yeah. it. It's going to be there. He's going to have it. He's probably going to be wide open. Does he catch it? That's the question. Uh, all right. We'll find out. Uh, Keith, always fun. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, super excited. Um, obviously, some some great NBA action, but then a really fun weekend with the big game as well. And then we get to look forward to baseball season, which is, is always a good time as well. Can't, can't wait for MLB to arrive. Yeah. You mean NASCAR season, right? Um, that too. <laughs> <laughs> we get, we get the big game out of here and then we get uh, the, the real big game with the Daytona 500 next weekend. Um, super yeah. pumped. Uh, you guys don't even know how pumped I am, but, and Phoenix open is what this weekend, right? For PGA. Um, Follow Noto on some bets for the PGA stuff. I love watching the Phoenix Open. Um, so, you know, definitely jumped on some of Noto's bets. I'm like right next door. I've I've got to get out there. I haven't even looked into tickets or anything, but that is... Awesome. Uh, it falls on a bad weekend. <laughs> it really does. It really does. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you can go out there on like a Friday, though. That'd be, yep. that'd be fun. Um, message, message Noto. He's been a couple times. I know um, he's had a blast that he's been out there, so... Yeah. Appreciate everyone for hanging out with us. Enjoy NBA. Enjoy the big game this weekend. We'll be back tomorrow talking more hoops. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.